If you're joining us for the first time, this is Kiddish Club News for Jews. Welcome aboard. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. And it's a short week. It is a short week. Shavuos is upon us. I know. I, like, should we even be like releasing an episode this week? You know, I was wondering the same thing. I said it's a short week. People are getting ready. It's, it's a lot. You know, I, I have Shavuos anxiety, as I always do, before Shavuos. But people are getting ready, and that's what a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're getting ready. Oh, that's while they're cooking. That's while interesting. While they're cooking, right? Preparing. You're driving around town. You just put a podcast on and, and go do your errands. That's a valid point. Right? Well, then we are here for them. I suppose. Here we are. I have Shavuos anxiety. Tell me about it's it. It's my least favorite holiday. I love holidays. You know that? At last episode, we spoke about how much I love three-day holidays, except for Shavuos. Well, first of all, it's not a three-day yontif this, this no, year. No, it's not. Okay, so what's your issue My with issue Shavuos? is staying up all night. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's really hard. It's really hard for me because I am a day person. I'm not a night person. Mm-hmm. I, you, I was always the kid at sleepovers who fell asleep first. Really? Yeah, I'm out by 11 o'clock. My eyes are closing. Why does this not surprise me? <laughs> You're the nerd. Why? I was. Ju- you know, it's good you said that because I was going to say, why Why do you sound condescending? But then you just came right out with it <laughs> and confirmed that you are, in fact, condescending. The truth is, it's not a difficult thing for me. I mean, I'm also not an early sleeper. Right. So for you, right. it's just another, another night. Right. It's just another night. I just have to stretch it out a little bit. Like, I think you could see it most pronounced, like, on Matzah Shabbos. Like, you're out by, like, one like twelve thirty, you're sleeping. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People go till four. No, that's yeah. That, that's if you nap shop this afternoon, how are you sleeping before three thirty, four a.m.? Right. Right. But you see, here's but now you got to the heart of the problem. So I already am preparing for Shavuos like a week in advance, and the day of Shavuos, I'm already trying to take a nap so that I could stay up. That's so hard, by the way. That's so hard. Yeah. yeah. The pressure. Yeah. It's I'm like, there, and my eyes are like bugging open. And I'm right. Like, Shabbos, go to sleep. Shabbos, it's like you can't even avoid a nap. Yes. Like you're just gonna, no matter what's happening <laughs> yes. around you, you you will just eventually you're going to go right off into La La Land at 100%. some point during the afternoon. But for some reason, when it's a regular weekday and you need that nap and you're intentionally trying to take a nap, you will never sleep. And if you do, by any miracle, get some sleep, it will be half eyed, yes. half hearted, with 100%. like. These just half dreams, half non-dreams, half reality. And then then you're like, wait, did I sleep? Wait, wait, wait. Was I sleeping? No, no. I wasn't sleeping. No, I was sleeping and you're not sure. And the the fact is that your whole house will be up. No one else is napping. Just you. Right. Good luck getting quiet. You can't. It's impossible. And then to top it all off, after you stay up all night, so then you come home, right? Go into – get into bed and you, you could barely stay awake during davening. If you did stay awake. And then comes the second wind. Then comes the second wind. You yeah. get in bed and, of course, your eyes are wide no, open that's again. that's not true. I don't – I'm in bed and I'm like – I'm looking at the ceiling like this is never going to happen. Next thing I know, it's one, one in the afternoon. Okay. So my problem is I do the same thing and then I open my eyes. I'm like, oh, Baruch Hashem, I slept. I look at the clock. It's 10.30. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's bad. That's bad. I'm not joking. And then you don't sleep for the rest of the don't day. Don't sleep for the rest of the day. Yeah. I've never slept after Shavuos more than, let's say, I don't know, I want to say three hours. And when I do sleep the three hours, I'm waking up every half hour. How about this? I've never slept less than six. 
Oh my god! Never less. They're always like, "Are you coming for lunch or not? Are you like, are you coming down? <laughs> like, we have a suited to have this cheesecake out. What's the story? Cheesecake. That's see. Okay, now I'm happy you brought up the cheesecake. That's the second reason why I don't look forward to Shavuos. What's the problem with cheesecake? <sighs> what isn't the problem with cheesecake? <laughs> it's just calories, bro. You're saying you can't, you cannot resist. It, it's it's. You know, the fact that this is the dairy holiday and there's so much dairy and you don't usually have that, right? It makes it so – is like a mystique with Shavuos. You know what I mean? No. It's Please like elaborate. On a regular Shabbos, regular of whatever, and you're having me it's, – it's, it's expected. Okay? okay. Then Shavuos comes along and all of a sudden there's blintzes. And all of a sudden there's <laughs> cheesecake. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. What is this? You have to sample and then you have to have more. And – the biggest problem, at least for me, and this is what I found, dairy never fills you up the way meat does. You eat a meat meal, you feel it, yes. and you're out for the count. Dairy, you could just keep going and keep going. I don't going. know about that. I don't know. I personally, like, I don't have a preference one or the other at this point. No preference. No. I mean, look, I'm, I'm just, here's the difference. You live to eat, and I eat to live. You understand? I, I don't deny it. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't go. deny it. So it's just food is food. You know? Mm, yes. But the other thing I'm noticing with you is you need predictability. You are like a fish out of water. Yes. If something is not going exactly how you thought it would or Absolutely correct. planned it out, you, ha- you, know, you, have to, you have to get into the uh, – That is 100% true. Absolutely true. And so that's why Shavuos for me is just high anxiety time. And, and then when you're staying up all night, you, you know – you go get a coffee and then you start feeling guilty and then you start, you know, am I bottling too much? Well, why am I staying up? And they have my wife in the back of my brain saying, well, you slept the day before so that you could stay up. You know what I'm talking how about? How come wives always know exactly how long you <laughs> yes. slept? Yes. Exactly how long. Why you, is that? Shabbos afternoon, by the way. Yes. You, you know, they know exactly, exactly to the minute. They have how- like a stopwatch, <laughs> an analog stopwatch so that it's mutter or something. It's probably not mutter, but Yeah. And and so I get no sympathy from anyone, not from the wife, not from the kids. And then the food is just talking to me and talking and it doesn't speak. you know, be- after a certain hour, the food doesn't speak anymore. Do you understand? No, At it speaks. At 3 a.m., that shvuist table that's in shul, it's demolished. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> it's disgusting. It's half-eaten cakes. It's disgusting. It's, yes. the, it's the whites removed from the black and white cookies. <laughs> yeah. So much, so much destruction. But – and just because we're talking about cheesecake, I happened to see this article, uh, a Brooklyn woman, Brooklyn, New York, and it's so strange to me, but she's a Russian-born woman who tried to drug someone who apparently looks like her, and she gave her cheesecake, and she laced it with these um, these pills or, or this, uh, I don't know what it is, some sort of sedative. She laced the cheesecake. She ate some of the cheesecake. I guess her her piece didn't have. Well, I would imagine if right. you tried to poison someone, <laughs> you wouldn't get very far if you poisoned your own piece as well. And then she – so she laced it. So why would she poison her friend? So the article – it's not clear from the article. It's really weird. We know that they look alike. We know they were friends. And that's pretty much all we know. Well, I – once you tell me that they look alike, I'm imagining that it has something to do with identity theft of some type. I mean, if somebody looked exactly like me and I wanted to just hop out of myself and be someone else for a little, like – Well, I – okay. I mean, I would sooner accept that maybe, what, you know, the friend was a U.S. citizen and she wasn't. Yeah, could be. Maybe for she citizenship. wants citizenship. People do crazy things But it doesn't. it doesn't make sense because – 
she then she threw pills next to her after she passed out the friend. She put pills next to her so that they would think it was a suicide. Right. And so, like, she knows the police are coming, and she knows the police are going to identify the body. And so, how are you going to get away with this exactly? And then they said that this woman is actually wanted in Russia for murder in Russia. Well, maybe that's why she got caught. I don't think she thought this all the way through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe Russia was like, you can have, you can have. Hey, we put that bullet in, but we don't want it back. <laughs> put like half heart. <laughs> the police got her because her, t- her DNA, they found her DNA on the cheesecake box. Yeah, I mean, isn't that like the first thing you do is wipe down the cheesecake box <laughs> if you're committing a cheesecake. crime? Cheesecake. Jail by cheesecake. <laughs> She's this done. is why this is why Russia put out a half-hearted alert for her arrest and return. Well, why do you say it was half-hearted? I don't know. I'm just they like, did tell Interpol when I mean, Russia wants something, Russia gets something. You understand? I understand. <laughs> okay, but moving on. Uh, shout out to our good friend Jake Turks, mm. and a shout out to Jake Turks because we got a shout out from Jake Turks. Oh, you took me the Urathon. Yeah, that Should we was play epic. it. That was epic. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Urathon is once a year, they are raising money and giving away insane prizes. And I think it goes like all night. It's, it's, it's a live broadcast where they bring on singers and entertainers and they give away crazy prizes all to raise money for Ura, the organization. So should we play? Should we play the clip? Absolutely, yes. Here it is coming at you. Jake Turks, Urathon. Uh, I, I you're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. So okay, far. is it a product that was once featured on the Kiddish Club podcast? <laughs> what? Mm, <laughs> I'm, afraid, I'm afraid. I'm okay. afraid. Uh, no. Ben, ben, you, should, you should go on their podcast, by the way. Great show. Okay. Oh, yeah? <laughs> there we go. You said that was unbelievable. That but was I, great. But, but I was a little disappointed at the host who had no idea no what clue. he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Not great for the old ego, there, huh? Yeah. Well, he knows now, right? He definitely knows now, but the question is, I mean, what time was this on? Was this on like, like I think 3 it was a.m.? Like, no, it was like between 12 and 1. Oh, so I was fast asleep. Well, yeah, you, <laughs> but nobody else in the Jewish <laughs> world even looks at their watch until 1.30 in the morning. So a lot of people saw it. Yeah, it was great. I mean, look, we appreciate it. We love Jake Turks. He knows we love him, and we're happy he loves us. And uh, yeah, good to hear. But before we continue... We do have to mention that this episode is once again sponsored by Jerusalem Cafe in Midtown New York City. Jerusalem Cafe, the food is phenomenal. And for our listeners right now, order online and use the coupon code KC10 to get 10% off. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I love the hot open bar. The pizza is amazing. And the sushi is next level. Check them out. J2NYC.com is the website. KC10 is the coupon. You get 10% off on the greatest breakfast, lunch, or dinner that you're going to have. J2NYC.com, KC10. That lets them know that we sent you. Back to the cast. Okay. What do you got for me? So first of all, we covered in episode 70, there was a flyer that went out about a Shabbos Goy. Yes. Offering his services. A lot of buzz about this this week. A lot of buzz. And we have a clip for you. And here it is. Take it away. Hi, my name's Danny. I'm your neighborhood Shabbos guy. Let me tell you, Misa. I was given a name at work from one of the guys that run the synagogue there. He told me that Rabbi Forsheimer would be the best person to get approval through as far as starting my service. So I tracked through Lakewood until I could find him. 
and uh, somebody directed me to his office and I've never been into a synagogue before. There was a big line of guys there waiting to see him and I asked how do I get in to see him and they showed me a big board with a whole bunch of names how to see. I signed my name on it and there was a guy behind me who wanted to know what I was there for. So I told him what I was there for and the door opened. So he said, go in front of me. So I just jumped in and I said, can I get a minute? He smiled and he said, please come in. So the guy that was behind me asked, can he come in too? I said, sure, this is for everybody. So I talked to the rabbi, introduced myself, told him what I was doing, showed him my flyer and everything that I wanted to go, explained to him how I would do the service and everything. And he told me to change a couple of words. I went and changed it, brought it back. He signed my flyer. So after showing the rabbi my flag and told him everything. I have. He, once I got the signature from Rabbi Forsheimer, he gave us his blessing. I told him, I said, Rabbi, you're the first person here. Let me get you started with the flag. So he said, yes. I got his home address. And the next day, we went over to his house, knocked on the door. He opened his door, big smile. Happy we showed up. We found a spot where we got it, and he's had a flag ever since. He's the first one in Lakewood that's got a flag. It's $25 a month. We give you the flag, and if you need our service, you hang the flag, you stick it on your door or your window. When I come by at the specified times, if I see it, I'll come to your door, knock, you let me in, we'll go take care of your service. We come around twice on Friday nights. We come around three times on Saturday. It's a set time, so you know what time to have your flag out. So that, you know, we may come later than that time, but have it out by that time. Next hour comes when I come back by again. You need me, you put it on, and we'll be back there again. Same thing on Saturdays. We offer to do it on Passover and every other holidays in between. Sukkahs, Rosh Hashanah, that is all included in it. And the Shavuos is coming. It's a Thursday. We'll be doing that as well. The first of the month, every month, you'll receive an email or a text from us. You know, do you want to continue with the service? We'll keep the service going. We're going to be all year round. It doesn't matter. We're, we'll be there every holiday, whatever it takes. When we come around for Shabbos or whatever holiday, there will be a yellow light on the dashboard of our car so you know we're coming. We try to come to your door to save you the convenience to come out in the rain looking for anybody or, you know, stuff like that. We come to you, but if you lose your flag or, you know, you see our car, you see us coming down the road, you see that light, you come out, you stop us, you get your service. And obviously we'll give another flag, but this is to let everybody know, your friends know, if, you know, they're not signed up. If you need us, come out, we'll be happy to you know, take care of your service for you. and. We'll just leave a flyer in your mailbox or whatever for you. You can get in touch with us when the holiday's over or Shabbos is over. We do know the whole system. You know, I've been doing this for many years, so it took me a while to figure it out. But we are very good at figuring out the hints. We know how it all works. Shouldn't have any problem with anybody as far as that. That's a long video. but And I'm not one for three and a half minute videos. No. <laughs> but the story kept me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you start imagining the whole thing. You know, you imagine this guy. So obviously you're not seeing the the clip, but you will see it if you join our WhatsApp group. But he, he just looks like a regular guy. He's wearing a baseball hat, a T-shirt, you know, not totally a little unkempt. You know, that kind of look, you know, he's clearly doesn't look like a yeshiva guy. No, but he could pass for a Shabbos guy. And that's exactly yes. what he is. <laughs> yes. And I love the story, how he went to Rabbi Forsheimer, who's one of the biggest place come in Lakewood. And the best part is just how gracious the Rav was with him and just, you know, smiling. And he left him with such a great feeling about what he's going to do for the Jewish people. Yes. 
Yes. And what about the fact that Rabbi Forsheim is now a client of his? <laughs> right. I and think, he said he went to his house. I would think, and I, I don't have confirmation of this, I would think that the rabbi's membership is gratis. Gratis, yes. That's what I would think. I was thinking, this is how you know we're Jewish. Because <laughs> that's, that's we the first thing that you're thinking. You're like, okay, I want two flags, and I want one for my son. But think about it. He could grow this business exponentially with different people just doing different neighborhoods. Because obviously one person can handle it all. Incorrect. Very simple reason. Because as we speak, I will bet anything that there are 10 different yeshiva guys who are <laughs> scrambling scrambling to hire Goyim <laughs> to undercut this guy. <laughs> We're going to do it for twenty four ninety nine. Hello. <laughs> you think we can get 20 you don't want to support the guy. You don't support the guy. You support me. Support Jewish-owned businesses. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's allowed. I would think that you. I don't think you can. I don't think a Jew can actually run this. Why not? I just don't think it's allowed. It's Shabbos. So what? You can't have a business that's only opened on Shabbos. Yeah, you're probably right. But if if there's one thing I know, it's that. These yeshiva guys, if there is a heter out there, they will figure it out and they will rip off this business. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's a heter somewhere. You're saying it's, it's in the works. It's in the works, no question. There's money to be made. And it's easy money if you think about it. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you were doing the same thing I was doing. I mean, you were calculating. <laughs> How much is the guy making? You were calculating. It's true. It's true. I know you By were. the way, that was the discussion in the car this morning was how many memberships could he possibly exactly. get? Exactly. Of course. You know we what I'm saying? We all do the same thing. Because it's know, 25 for a month. So how many are you going to get? You get 100, <laughs> 200. <laughs> we all did the same thing. <laughs> all right. $5,000. All right. It reminds me of that famous Jackie Mason routine. You remember it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much you think this money? <laughs> How much you think they're making? <laughs> I can't even get it out. You can't get it out. Should we play that clip? Yeah, why not play it? Hey, Jews go into a restaurant. You ever notice that Jews go into a restaurant? It's packed. You ever notice that they can't eat? And Gentiles go into a packed restaurant. They say, oh, this is great. The food must be great. Look how packed it is. And you see a packed restaurant. They can't eat. They're so nauseous looking at them. Do you know the kind of money they're taking in? And this is not even the lunch hour. Who knows what they take in for lunch? And then they get mad. This was the location I wanted. My sister-in-law took me out of it. This was such a perfect location. I passed here a million times. I knew it was a perfect... This Drekiente took me out of it. When a restaurant is packed, a Jew, it's not even a restaurant. What does every Jew tell you when a restaurant is packed? It's not a restaurant anymore. Every Jew says the same thing. This is a gold mine. And you know what really gets them mad? This is a cash business. That joke is only for the Jews. <laughs> the Gentiles will be walking around. What's a cash business? An instant classic. Just a classic. Yeah, he's, he's, it's great. It's great because it's true. It's funny because it's true. Um, okay, should we talk a little bit about the news? I mean, that is what the title yeah. of our podcast. <laughs> we have to, yeah, we have to stay true to the name. Okay, so there's, uh, there's a bunch of things going on in the United States. First of all, this has to get mentioned because we always do mention it. We're keeping a count, we're keeping score. Joe Biden tripped again. I mean, is this even news? <laughs> is it even <laughs> yeah, news? Yeah, because we're keeping score. Okay. <laughs> so once again, Joe Biden 
took a little tumble while he was walking down the steps in Japan. And we can't really play the clip because there's not much sound to hear, but he took a little stumble. He literally cannot walk downstairs or walk upstairs, and he's running for president once again. I think that should be a campaign slogan on the other side. How about walk before you run for president? Are you listening? He's available. (laughs) Campaign Campaign manager. manager. (laughs) And if you look at his face when he's stumbling, it looks like he's like saying like, what? what? Where am I? You see it? I have said this before. He's mumbling something. Listen to me. I have said this before. It is news if he doesn't fall. (laughs) And speaking of running for president, Tim Scott, senator of South Carolina, announced that he's running for president. Now, this to me could possibly be a game changer. Why is that? Does it have anything to do with the color of his skin? No. Well, maybe. (laughs) No, no, no. Maybe. Maybe it does. But first of all, he's a solid candidate for the Republicans. And what I liked is the camaraderie between him and Trump. Like Trump actually got on Truth Social and wished him like the best of luck. There was no jabs. There was no back and forth. I like that. Okay. I like Uh, it when it's the merit of the candidate. Yeah. I like when they have a debate. Before the primaries, and he's debating Trump, you know Trump is going to slip. The fact that he's black, Trump is going to say something bad, and we're going to laugh. I don't think so. Oh, I he's think gonna, he's, he's going to be on his game. I think he did a, a huge eye roll when that <laughs> when he came out and did, oh, I got to really be careful here. But, but another thing about this candidate is that he has $22 million in the bank. That's, not, that's nothing. It's it's the it's next to nothing. It's more than every other candidate has. Fine, but it's it, you but need that's everything. A, you need a billion dollars to run for president. You need a billion. No, no, no. That's everything because he's going to be able to be front and center in the minds of America just using advertising. Okay. Listen, we hope we hope he does well. Uh, you know, at this point, you know, even one of Trump's ex lawyers has said that he believes he is going to end, ultimately end up in prison with from one of the many cases against him. And I think we're just – I think this whole thing that we're going through with Trump, I really think he needs to just step aside, let someone else do it. There's too much going on. Again, we're not taking a position here. You could love Trump. You could hate Trump. The bottom line is he's got all these cases. But the flip side to that is – the more they try to get him, the more his base will unite around him. That's the the wild card here. It's not like it's just, you know what, he has too many issues, move on to the next candidate. That's not this. Okay, and what happens if he gets the nomination and then he gets found guilty? Great. More history made by Trump. <laughs> that's it. That's That's what you're looking at. And then the president's in jail. We have a president in jail. By the way. I mean, it would be great entertainment, great stuff for us to talk about. It could never happen because he'll just pardon himself, right? Right. You didn't think of that one, huh? No, I did think of it. We we spoke about it. I love the face. No, because what I was was thinking, the face that I was making was I was thinking, how would it work exactly? Because if he's, let's say he's found guilty and he's actually put in prison. Yeah, they have pens in jail. He'll just sign it. No, but does, is the... Is there a Halais presidency while you're in jail? Yes. In other words, does the presidency, it, does it, does it, is it enacted on a criminal who's actually inside of prison? So because I would say that the charges come, me toich the state, and they're not federal charges, I would say that it's not a Halais on a federal level. Oh, so the federal is going to override. And right. what And what if he's found guilty on a, of a federal crime? Then it's a different story. The documents, the classified documents, that's federal. That could be a, a different ah, problem. Then he wouldn't be able right, to Right, but that's himself. not even on the radar right now. No, it now. is. It is. 
But he, he wasn't indicted on it yet. So no, we'll it, see what happens. It's happening in December. Okay. Yeah, so he's got time. He's got time. In other news, uh, the Durham report, which we mentioned, came out, uh, but there was also hearings in Congress from whistleblowers. Uh, Representative Jim Jordan, a huge Wait, Trump ally. Whistleblowers to what effect? So Representative Jim Jordan, huge Trump ally, he has been bringing whistleblowers who are claiming that while they were inside the FBI, they were handling Trump and everything to do with it with Trump in a way that was inconsistent with what normal judicial investigations should be. So in other words, they were treating him much worse than they would be treating anybody else. And basically saying that the whole investigation was really founded on nothing. Right. I think the whole Durham report is just excessive. We all knew. We all knew exactly what was happening. We just couldn't prove anything. So they proved it with uh, this $10 million Durham report because that's what it is. Yes. Yes. So now he's been bringing whistleblowers to Congress and uh, – Here's an interaction between a representative and uh, one of the whistleblowers. So he's someone who worked for the FBI, who came out against the FBI. And here's Representative Sanchez asking him some questions. Thank you. Mr. Allen, have you ever used Twitter, yes or no? I have utilized Twitter, yes. Okay. And is your account at Marcus A970506645? That is absolutely not my account. Okay, that's not your account. Well, on December 5th, 2022, an account under the name Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, That quote, is not my account, ma'am. I, you haven't let me finish the question, you sir. Might have been the football player. You haven't let me finish the question. On Dece- and the time is mine. On December 5th, 2022, an account under the name of Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, quote, Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th retweet if you agree end quote do you agree with that statement yes or no that that is i don't no ma'am that's not my account at all i have i'm asking whether you agree with that statement yes or no can you please rephrase the statement do you think the gentle lady has expired staged january 6th i just want him to answer he'll answer he'll answer yeah he'll answer i'm just telling you your time's up do you believe that Nancy Pelosi, do you agree with the statement that this person tweeted that Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th? Yes I, I or no? No. Thank you. I yield back. She just stuck with it. I don't know, <laughs> like, why. Like, at that point, you just end the, you know what, I yield my time. Yeah. That's that's no gentle lady. Yes. Because she just, just went yield your on. Time. Yeah, yield, yield your time. time. You yield got the time. wrong guy. Yeah, and she just continued, and it's my time. She was going down. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I'm going down, and I'm going to go down in a blaze right. of glory here. And she just stuck with it. She stuck with it. Got to give her props. She knew she was going to be the butt of every joke. <laughs> She's like, right. I'm getting this out. <laughs> and it was funny because, like, you look at the responses to it, and so people are posting, like, fake Re- Representative Sanchez Twitter accounts saying – I love Trump. Trump is the best. And like, oh, Representative Sanchez, do you do agree. you really agree that Trump is the best? Uh, so, I just have to wonder, just to you, does this guy who's a whistleblower at the FBI like is his like life in danger? Good question. I'm gonna allow, I'm gonna allow Representative Matt Getz from Florida, also Congressman. I'm gonna allow him to address your question. Here he is. Mr. Allen, we just heard, uh, astonishingly heard a Democrat on this committee question your allegiance to the United States. How many tours in Iraq did you do? I did two tours in Iraq, sir. And, and for how many decades have you held a security clearance? Uh, for two decades, sir. 
ever been called into question before? No, sir. And, and you also received the Employee of the Year Award for the Charlotte Field Office, is that right? That is correct, sir. Did you receive any medals during your service for the Marine Corps and the United States Navy? I did, sir. As a member of the Marine Corps, I received two, uh, a Navy Commendation Medal and a Navy Achievement Medal. Uh, and Mr. Allen, is it your belief that you were retaliated against because you shared an email that questioned the truthfulness of FBI Director Christopher Wray? Yes, sir. And you believed that he wasn't truthful based on testimony he'd given to the United States Senate. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. So you see, he does say that they retaliated against him, and it took a lot of courage for him to do what he's doing. I mean, it's a scary proposition, but what's interesting to me is like Mr. Allen, like you guys can't see the video, but Mr. Allen looks like he's at the DMV. Like he could not be <laughs> less interested in yeah. being where he is right now. 100%. Right? <laughs> He's not nervous. No, he's, he's slouching. Just, yeah, he's like, like, what am I, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> so that was uh, that was in the House, in the halls of the Senate. Your favorite senator showed up, and uh, I know you saw this because you commented to me about it, John Fetterman. You know, after the stroke, he came out in shorts, <laughs> and I was like, okay, like he's in his pajamas because he's still sick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he's just he's braving like everything and just troop, you know, being a trooper and just showing up even though he's in his pajamas. But then when you go up on a stage in the U.S. Senate with four other people in suits and ties <laughs> and you look like a waiter at a camp in the Catskills, <laughs> that's, you know. That's, that's where you draw the line. Yeah, yeah. Because he's in shorts and, a, and an oversized hoodie and yeah. sneakers. Like It's ridiculous. It really is. It's really ridiculous. And – of course, like imagine for a second that this was a Republican. What would the newspaper say about that? They would for sure beat down on him. Oh, beat down. But Major again, beat here down. he has a disability, right? He had a stroke. Okay. So he has a processing, uh, you know, a, a mental processing issue. What does that have to do with how he dresses? You're right. I'm not, not zero. I'm not That's saying no. Do with you are correct. But, you know, maybe the media is treating him with kid gloves. I don't know. Okay. If this was a Republican, you know what they would say. And instead, since he's a Democrat, read the headline from Newsweek. Conservatives outraged after John Fetterman wears shorts. There's nothing wrong with what he did. The conservatives are outraged. For no reason. For no reason. He's just doing what everybody else does. They came to the Senate in shorts. So it's never been done in history. So what? You know what's interesting? You can write a book just featuring media titles yeah. and their implications and meetings. Like, it'd be a very lumdish a book, and, and you could just, like, all the implications of the titles. Yep, yep. And it's, I, I, I didn't come up with this. This, you know, Shapiro talks about it, about how whenever a Republican does something bad, it's like, Republican, you know, is against blah, 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 because he's horrible. <laughs> But if a Democrat does something, the, t- the headline is, instead of saying Democrat does something horrible, they say, Republicans upset, Republicans attack because of this Democrat. Interesting. He calls it the Republicans pounce theory. What does that mean? The, the articles always say, Republicans pounce mm. on this Democrat because right. of X, Y, Z. Instead of saying, Rashida Tlaib wants to have a Nakba uh, right. assembly. Instead of Republicans saying, pounce right. on Rashida. Instead of saying Rashida Tlaib <laughs> wants to have an assembly, you know, lamenting Israel's Existence. foundation and existence they'll they'll say republicans pounce it's it's so, insane so basically when it's the republicans it's 
Very Lumdisha episode. <laughs> it really <laughs> it's is. True. You don't see his thumbs. I see the thumbs. The thumbs are out. When it's when it's a Democrat, when they're talking about a Democrat, it's always the reaction by the opposition. Right. Whereas when when the article is featuring the Republicans, it's intrinsic to the to the action. Licked. Of, Come on, say it. Say it better. It's <laughs> licked in the <laughs> licked in the title. <laughs> yeah, because interesting. because in other words, the title reflects. What they believe is a self-evident truth, right? Like, of course, this Republican, we all agree this Republican was wrong, and therefore right. we can we can attack. But when the Democrat does it, well, it wasn't really wrong. It's just that the Republicans are reacting like crazy people. So, like, It's a bent. It's a bias. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we're supposed to just make believe that everything's totally normal with Fetterman when he can't really talk. I mean, listen to how he speaks. Here's him at a Senate banking committee. Yeah. You know, and I'm also, right, Chairman, I'm the last one sp- uh, speaking tonight on the... Go for it. Uh, the last one? Last one. Yeah. So I'm the last guy. So there's not there's not much left on the bones after, you know, over two hours of going back and forth. And in fact, I've heard some of my colleagues actually heard that they went to go to Hawaii's after there was a crash of your bank. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So I, I went up on the Internet and it's like, it did happen. It did happen. It did happen. And that's in Fortune. The second biggest bank in U.S. history collapsed, collapsed, and chose to go to Hawaii on that. Yeah, I've never been to Hawaii, and neither is my family. I guess I haven't cranked, or excuse me, crashed a, a bank, you know. So given that this is, I'm the last person, I don't have much left to ask, but I will, you know, let me ask you this one particular question uh, to, to put to, to everyone here on that. And it is. It is an inside. Is it an inside joke? No, no matter how incompetent or how greedy, the, the government will always bail you out when your bank crashes. I mean, everyone has to know that, right? You know, the, everyone has to realize that no matter no matter how bad I behave, no matter how big my my uh, races, my, my my bonuses and everything, you know, we will come in and bail it because we can't crash the economy much the way SV Bib was argued that it was going to crash it. Do you believe that it's a running joke among in the in the circles of, of banking? So I'm pausing it right there because so that was one minute forty three seconds of an incoherent question. Now if you were there and you had to answer that question you're like, wait, wh- what? So first of all, this it breaks my heart to see it because 100%. he's clearly struggling. A hundred percent. But and 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 I I might have cheated because I saw the video with subtitles. Did you so really? I oh, did. I, I didn't even see it with subtitles. Oh, that's cheating. Right. So Absolutely so I cheating. understand what he's saying, but being there, right? It's a different situation, right? It's, yes. It's, the atmosphere <clears throat> is electrified because it's it's on TV and yeah. it's in the moment and I would not have any clue what he's saying right. in the moment. So I paused it right when he, he, he asks the question and now I'm going to play the response. That no matter how bad we behave, you're gonna, we're going to be pulled, we're going to be saved. Take, take it, anyone. Senator, I, I don't believe that's the case. <laughs> Um, you can no. see them like if you see the people they're looking at each yeah. other like uh what, what now what do like, we do, <laughs> what do, we do? I don't anyone bailing me this? out of this right here <laughs> he's like uh senator uh i don't think so uh and then he's just silent right he just stares him down he just stares him down it's obviously great. this video will be uh, included in the whatsapp group 
which you can join from the show notes. Yes. Okay, let's move out. Let's move out of the United States. Let's move to Israel. Take me away. Obviously, there's been a lot of violence past couple of weeks, Islamic Jihad. It's been a very trying time for Israel. Now news coming out that Israel actually killed three wanted terrorists in Shechem. So that's, I guess, good news, but unfortunately... It's not not just good news. I think it's special because it was a ground operation. You know, whenever you hear of Israel eliminating terrorists, it's usually from the air. Right. Right? It's a remote job. This, they had to go in, do the business... And get out, which is always carries insane risks. Absolutely, you know, Baruch Hashem. There's no reports that any IDF soldiers were hurt or, or Chas v'Shalom killed. But of course, it begs the question: Is this going to start another another round of violence? You know, retaliation and you know, bomb shelters. It's just it's just a horrible, horrible situation. Agree. It's it's not you know, and we've seen it. We, we've seen it time and time again. And even in the past few weeks, it was just. People running in the middle of the night to bomb shelters. Yeah, it's horrible. It's a horrible way to live. And uh, But on the plus side, there is a report coming out that uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia are in final talks to allow Muslims from Eretz Israel to fly to Mecca for the Hajj, and they'll be able to fly over Saudi Arabia. I- I'm not understanding what position Saudi Arabia wants to take. Like, well, are, are they with Iran? Are hmm. they with Israel? You can't have it both ways. You, <laughs> well, they you can. understand that. No, listen, they don't want to be, you know, they do have normalization with some of the Muslim majority countries, but Saudi Arabia is a big one. And right now, Saudi Arabia technically is still not allowing any direct flights or anything like that. So they don't necessarily want to come out and do it. But there's word from inside the Netanyahu administration that normalization could come within the next six months with Saudi Arabia. That would be huge. So even though they're currently cooperating with Israel's known enemy, I mean, that's come on, that's a big deal. It is a big deal because they're sworn enemies. Saudi Arabia and Iran are sworn enemies, Shia and Sunni. Right. Right. And they hate each other. So it's 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 not good. It's Listen. Bottom line, it's a very volatile time. Right. Good word. But the flip side is there is positive on the horizon, and we could be hopeful. We could be hopeful that there's going to be some sort of you know, deal that's reached with Saudi Arabia, some sort of modicum of peace between the two countries, and uh, hopefully more countries will follow. Saudi Arabia is a major player. Yeah. If, they, if that happens, you know, it, it will, you know, other countries are going to just fall right in line. But speaking of Shia and Sunni— Just to explain, there's two different types of Muslims— uh, there's Sunni, and then there are Shiite Muslims. I don't know the difference between the two. Do you? Yes. Yeah, so the Shiite, uh, I believe they follow. They believe that Muhammad's son. One of them believes that Muhammad's son took the reins after Muhammad, and one of them believes that there was a like a, a an imam or whatever that took the reins. And but they they hate each other. <laughs> well, why? What is the difference? It's just ideological. Yeah, there's slight ideological differences, but they they're constantly at war with one another came under fire because he was talking about Ali ibn Abi Talib. (laughs) (laughs) How long did you have to practice that one? I didn't. I just read it. I just read it. Uh, And, you know, the the Shiites believe that he was, you know, the standard bearer for Islam. Mm -hmm. And he was murdered. Basically, universally, universally accepted that he was assassinated by another Muslim, a competitor, let's say. He came out and said that, no, 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 it wasn't a Muslim who killed him. It was the Mossad. <laughs> Wait a second. Where do you go with that? No. It's, uh, how many years ago are we talking? 1,300 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, when you said Mossad, I'm like, what? 
Um, maybe it's more recent. <laughs> nope. It's not more recent. It was the Mossad. Listen, we've been around. You know? People don't know, but we are, you know, we have been around. If you know, you know. <laughs> we happen to know for the fact that the Mossad is around at least 2,000 years. At least 2,000 years. So 1,300 years ago, we believe firm that uh, they killed Ali. What, you think the flood was an accident? Huh? You think that was Mossad? <laughs> Everything Mossad. <laughs> it's so insane. The insanity is that, of course, you know, people believe these things. It's just, it's not normal. So we have so many stories to get to. We never get to like, we, we only touch upon like 50% of our stories on these casts. And I think what we need to do is I think we need to do some like little bonus like quick clips where we talk about some of the stories that we couldn't get to what do you think i like that idea we have a follow-up to one of our episodes uh it was episode 39 we spoke about orcas and we showed a video of orcas working in tandem to create a giant wave to wash a seal off of an iceberg so that they could eat the seal now orcas their new their new thing if are that, they evil they because- are called killer whales they're king of the sea, basically. Yeah, I mean, sharks are great white sharks are afraid of orcas. So that's got to tell you something, right? I just don't know why they're not more front and center as the apex predator of the sea. Because they're so the cute. Sea. They're really so I cute. Don't, I don't Are they cute? Yeah. They have those white eyes, right? Yeah. It's just so, white circles. They're, they're nice. not even eyeballs. That's <laughs> no, terrifying in and of itself. <laughs> you remember a couple of years ago, there was like SeaWorld, like the trainer that was the, the closest person in the world to this orca. Was in the middle of training, the orca grabbed the trainer, dragged her underwater, and swam around until she passed away. No. Yeah. That's terrifying. Don't be a killer whale trainer. Right. So follow up. I guess up that's to on that. you if you yeah. decide to go into that line of work. <laughs> exactly. You knew what you were getting in for. <laughs> right. You know, they don't call it the docile whale. You know, it's called the killer whale. Uh-huh. You kind of expect yeah. it's it. It's not the friendly whale. Yeah. So now this new thing that the orcas, so, what, so we saw that video of the orcas working together to make this giant wave, right? And it's an amazing thing to see because like they're communicating and they're working together as a team. So now the orcas are working together as a team to capsize boats in Europe. Is that, is that a thing? Now? That's a is thing, that, yes. Is that, like, did they have a memo that went out? <laughs> like, how does that go exactly? <laughs> I wasn't asking for a transcription. <laughs> We don't know. We don't know. But we do know that, you know, scientists, marine biologists are thinking. There was a marine biologist who, who I guess, studied this a little bit and said something like there was a boat that got into some sort of conflict with an orca and was maybe injured by it, whatever. And now that boat ended up getting capsized. And now the orcas understand that they're the enemy. And now they're going on the hunt. And now they just want to capsize boats. Yes. You know what's great advice if you come into contact with an orca while you're on a boat? Tell me. Drive away. <laughs> just drive away. Yeah. yeah. But worse than orcas. So you just reminded me, there was uh, recently there was a major attack in Malawi, which is in Africa, of a hippo that capsized the boat. And there were 37 people on board, and most of them didn't make it. No. They were hippo and alligator-infested waters. So hippos are really the most dangerous to you. Hippos, no joke. I'm sure you've seen the videos. I haven't seen too many hippo videos. Our experience, I guess, with hippos is obviously minimal. In the I zoo? Mean, hungry, hungry hippos, <laughs> right. basically. And you know, that seems like a friendly game. But yeah, hippos are really bad. It, m- way more people die every year from hippos than they do from sharks. 
So like we're all afraid of sharks. The hippo is the most dangerous animal. Really? What are they just belligerent beings? Yeah. Yeah. And they get very they feel threatened very easily. You know which and videos very protective. You know which videos I'm thinking of right now is when they throw those whole watermelons <laughs> into the hippos. <laughs> yeah. I love and they those. Explode. Yeah, those yeah. are great. I can watch those all day. Okay, long. imagine a person's skull. Why you got to go there? Yeah, that's you what, just, that's by what they the do. way, you ruined them for me. That genre okay. is now off limits for because me. Because that's what hippos do. Hippos going to do what a hippos going to do. That's what they do. Skull crushers. Skull crushers. Big wow. fat skull crushers. And 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 by the way, speaking of sharks, in Florida, there was a man fishing on a dock in Florida when somehow a shark got on the dock and bit him on the dock. You realize that you don't make sense? <laughs> what do you mean a shark got onto the dock? Shark jumped on the dock, bit the fisherman. New fear unlocked. <laughs> so like me, I already am not going in the ocean. Wait, did he just now like- Now I'm not going near the ocean. Did he squirm back in after he just took a bite and left? <laughs> yeah, he was good. He, he oh, got he it out of his system. Oh, he shouted down on the guy. Just yeah. one bite. Did the guy survive? Yeah, he survived. He survived. It was just a bite. That's terrifying. Terrifying. And more power of news. So it seems Great Britain has a problem with seagulls stealing people's drugs. And really? by drugs, I mean narcotics. <laughs> Oi, the neighborhood has gone to rubbish. <laughs> what are you, a pirate? You know what the funniest part of this article is? So in the article, it talks about how the, the seagulls are like, at first they thought it was an anomaly, but now the seagulls are actually targeting people so that they could steal their drugs. And in this article, you know, a couple of paragraphs in, it says, surprisingly enough, there's been very little research into the synthetic narcotics effects on seagulls. <laughs> Why is that so? <laughs> I can't say it even. <laughs> And I'm reading it, and I'm like, yeah, that is pretty surprising. Wait, what? <laughs> well, are they studying it? I mean, w- why would anyone ever study synthetic narcotics effects on seagulls? Is that something like are, are like no? But they should like. I want them to capture one and just and just see what happens. Yeah, right. we're curious, right? We but like, are know. scientists like out of work now, and they just need to find things? No, like, <laughs> what did. It, well, I think it's obvious that the birds are getting high. No, no, no. They're not sure. They don't know what happens to the seagulls. What does that mean? If they continue to target <laughs> the drug users, then it's apparent to me. No, you don't know they're getting that high. They, that there is some sort of <laughs> a, a reward center in their brain that is saying, keep doing it. Right? And they're British seagulls. So it's like, I see one right there. Go, go, go for it. <laughs> But but I still don't get it because like what's going on like what's going on with the scientists in Great Britain that the newspaper assumed that the scientists were studying seagulls getting high right like, I, I can't believe they didn't study this how could it be Oliver hear me out chap <laughs> what if we study the birds <laughs> while they're on drugs <laughs> right that would make an epic study and William was like you know what. If I don't say so myself. That's the best. Thing. That's the best idea I've ever had. <laughs> but obviously that didn't take place. And we have no studies about how birds react under the influence. Right. Someone is listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> a scientist who's out of work. He needs something to occupy his time. We suggest you study what happens when seagulls get high. And now as we move across Europe. So this came out last week. We didn't have time to cover it last time. But I did want to mention it. There was an Austrian train, and so some passengers decided to take hold of the loudspeaker of the train and uh, play speeches from Adolf Hitler. What? Yeah. Why doesn't that even surprise me, though? Because you believe that Austrians are all anti-Semites. I mean, would I be that far off the mark? (laughs) Uh, 
Maybe not. Right. I mean, Maybe you know, not. some in a lot of spots in Europe, anti-Semitism is alive and well. Yeah. And it's sad to see. I mean, you, you have to read stories like this where passengers, rogue passengers, took control of the loudspeaker and just started playing Hitler speeches. Yeah. And, and like how wait, how desperate do you have to be to show your anti-Semitism, <laughs> right, yeah. than to play speeches from 80 years ago, right? Yeah. Like if you're gonna if well, you're gonna they, take hold of a train's like communications, like is that all you want to do? Like, right. I, like, I, like find a better cause right. than just hating on Jews using eighty year old speeches. No, but but it made obviously made a lot of passengers very uncomfortable. Especially there was a Holocaust survivor on that train. Yeah, that would have. It's chilling. Forget it. It's chilling. It's, it's like your back. It's like a nightmare. And in related news, in Germany there was a surgeon who was performing a, an amputation. And he was taking off the person's toe. And he couldn't find any medical assistance to help him. So he decided to use a janitor in the surgery. <laughs> Wait, there are so many questions that I have. As you're talking, they're just building up in my mind. So first of all, who does a surgery without having the assistant I don't like, know the lined answers. up? Like, don't you need this stuff lined up? You know what I'm saying? But first of all, was this done in a hospital? Yes. So it's a. He's a been fish, fired. Yeah, he's it, been fired. It sounds like a home surgery. Like if we're being honest, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Like you can imagine that, like happening in Germany. Like come, come to the house. Yeah, we will do all the surgeries. Right hands are home. Have the cost. Don't worry. It will be so cheap for you. Don't worry. Just come to my. No, right to the side of my living room. We do no, the surgeries. It was in the hospital. It was in the hospital. He so, needed some. He needed some help. No, there's no assistance. A pair that, there was no assistance. So he just. Excuse me, Hector. <laughs> What are you doing now? It's your lunch, no? Could you please join me in the surgery? And then the poor guy, like, he doesn't even know what to say, right? He's like, hey, I don't know. I don't know, boss. I, I don't know how. I no experience with this, you know? I, I never do a toe before, you know? Let's see how many stereotypes you could do in one in one bit. Like, I do the... I do sometimes I take the, the chickens, you know, the head off or something, just, but that's for dinner, you know? <laughs> I never had experience with people, you know? <laughs> and then Dr. Hans just comforting him. I could just imagine, Hector, don't worry. You don't have to do nothing. Don't, I handle the whole thing. You just watch. <laughs> yeah? If, if, I, if I need the scalpel, you just pass it to me. Yeah? <laughs> it's funny because that's exactly what he did. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's what he was being used he for. He was just using instrumentation. He, he held the patient. He held the patient. Let me have some yeah. gauze. Hector, Hector, let's go. Wake up. I need the gauze. He's bleeding out. That's very dark, bro. I mean, look. It's very dark. I don't make the news. I just report it. <laughs> and just so that we end on a high, there was a, there's a news coming out that, and I was hoping to have this for the podcast so that we could do a live taste testing. Reese's has now made a whole bunch of their products completely parved because they're made with oat milk that you realize that is legendary that's a game right? changer that is so huge i think that's the biggest story of this entire podcast <laughs> we should have led with this right a hundred percent and by the way i saw this from on twitter from jewish meme queen uh and and, and it just changed my entire my, my whole day my whole week if i'm being honest yeah right a hundred percent now like my, my my friday nights are not going to be the same my shabbos is not going to be the same peanut butter cups is my Go to. Do you realize that we are ch changing the face of Friday night desserts? Yes. Yes. Think it's, about the cakes and the ice creams and the. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This is a total game changer. And you can follow Her Highness on Twitter at Jewish Meme Queen. <laughs> <laughs> good memes. Good memes, usually. And uh, 
And just for kicks, I mean, you know that sound means this episode is coming to an end, but we are actually going to end with Liebe Schmelzer singing God Bless America. Oh, that was that was great. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And we are out. To the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam, God bless America, my home, sweet home, God I could say holidays. You, you say whatever you, you want. You tell me I go to yeshivish. Now I say holidays and you tell me. <laughs> You'll never get it right. You're, you are up. It will never be okay. It will never be good enough. Right. Continue. I forgot what I said. Three day holidays. I love them. Right. With his baseball hat. And, and our listeners can't see. I mean, he looks like just a. a I don't want to say hick. But you're yeah, gonna make right. me say hicks. <laughs> I was I was racking my brain for a nice way to say it. But you said it, so yeah, there it is. I think that's going to the outtakes. Um So an Iraqi cleric in Iraq. No. I was gonna ask you that. You think it's Iraq, the Iraqi cleric? So now there was a cleric in Iraq, so obviously he's of the Shia. Bent, right? Is it Shia or Shiite? Shiite is the thing. Someone who follows it is a Shia. He's a Shia. Shia Samacha. Shia fi- follows Shiite. Uh huh. I would think the other way. A Shiite would follow oh, Shia. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just reminded me because we're talking about, you know, King of the Sea or whatever. There was a, a major hippo attack in Malawi. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Where is Malawi? I need to know where <laughs> Malawi animal. is. I don't know. <laughs> it's a quick Google search. Just Malawi, where are you? Hey, Siri, where is Malawi? It's in East Africa. Happy? She didn't know. <clears throat> Start again. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.